everybody, Bob Olson here with Afterlife TV. You can find us at afterlifetv.com. This is where we, repeat after me, search for evidence of life after death and ask the meaningful questions around that subject. Today's subject is dealing with unresolved issues with our loved ones. Now, you know, you think we've done it all. We've done near-death experiences. We talk to mediums. We talk about out-of-body experiences. You name it. Here, I've tried to come up with something completely different, and this certainly is uh, a question that so many people have. So many people have run into this uh, within themselves, that someone dies and there's some unresolved issues of all sorts uh, that they didn't get to deal with for a million different reasons. And today we're going to talk to you about how we can deal with those issues on our own. We don't need the help of anybody else. Um, of course, you could do that if you want to. But that's what this is all about, empowering you to do this on your own. Our guest is a spiritual counselor who has been significant in both my life and my wife, Melissa's life. Uh, I met her in the year 2000, I think it was, uh, interviewed her, in fact, had a session with her as a spiritual counselor, sort of as a... Uh, I thought it was going to be an interview. It turned into a session, and uh, it was so profound that I wrote about it. I'll I'll put the link to that article underneath this video, and uh, and 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 it became certain a you know a fourteen year friendship. Now uh, I have recommended this counselor guru, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying, my little personal guru, to so many people, and every one of them have, have come to me and said, thank you so much for recommending Trish. Um, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, let me just start by welcoming you. Dr. Trish Weiner, thanks so much for coming on Afterlife TV. Hi, Bob. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, you know, this is exciting because, first of all, uh, we'll let people know. You help people deal with all sorts of areas of spiritual growth. You're a counselor. Um, the article that I wrote, uh, which I think is sort of the essence of your work, if I can remember their title, it was like um, uh, the getting to the to, the secret to eliminating the root of your problems, physical, social, or financial. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> And that's really, I mean, that gets to the essence of your work, is helping people get to the root of their problems. And, and anytime myself or Melissa have ever run into issues, um, you're, the, you're our go-to counselor. You know, we go to you. Uh, we can do it by phone. We can do it in person because, you know, you're, you, you're only about an hour away from us. And, uh, and we're always able to do that, find the root cause of it and, and get right to it. That is amazing in itself. But... You know, because of the work that I do, um, you and I have met, had many discussions about grief and, and how many people come to you because one of the things that they're dealing with is grief. And, of course, grief is a catalyst towards spiritual growth. So it all fits in perfectly. And Melissa, I have to give you know, credit to her. This was her idea. She said, Bob, you know, I think it would be great for you to talk with Trish about dealing with unresolved issues with our loved ones in spirit. It's something that probably most people haven't thought of. Most people don't know how to do. Um, this is something that you've dealt with with a lot of your clients, is it not? 
Absolutely. I believe that it accelerates the grieving process, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of issues are we talking about here? What are the what are some of the various issues that people have after their loved ones have passed that they haven't yet dealt with? Well, sometimes there was an argument and then the loved one dies suddenly. Yeah. And um, so that's a really tough one Yeah. because there's a lot of regret that goes with that and they can't get past the last words they had with that loved one. Right. And, and I believe that spirit moves on, and so it's just the body that dies. So just like we, if we have uh, an argument with a loved one, we pick up our cell phone and we talk to them about it. Mm. I believe meditation is that avenue for communication with our loved ones that are in spirit. So that we can still resolve those issues with them, which is a great gift. Um, I, uh, I I never thought of it until doing some work with you, and and of course I've done this. My father uh, has been in spirit since '97, sort of what sent me, launched me into this whole area of investigation, and and because of that, you know, I've been able to deal with a lot of things with him and other other loved ones. And, and they do. They run the gamut of all sorts of things. You know, some people I know have felt bad because they weren't able to be there when their loved ones passed. Um, I, like you said, the, I think one of the worst ones is the argument, um, having the argument and then they die soon after. Uh, I know a lot of people when you're dealing with suicide, you know, so many people feel somehow responsible that they right. maybe could have done more, you know, that might have prevented it. These other, you know, and 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 the list goes on and on and on. Um, how can we? How can some of these these unresolved issues manifest in our lives? Like, what kind of negative, you know, things can happen to us emotionally uh, and psychologically um, that you know that might turn up as a result of some of these things? For um, what will turn up because we didn't resolve? Yeah. Like, okay. you know, because, you know, one of the things that I've learned in working with you is that we, a lot of times we're dealing with we think what we think is one thing and we find out it's something else. Exactly. So when, so I'm wondering how the, this might, unre, these unresolved issues with deceased loved ones might show up and we might not even realize that that's actually what it is. Right. Well, what happens is that we believe we weren't good enough. We didn't do a good enough job in that relationship. And then that not good enough starts to show up in other areas of our lives. Because if we haven't resolved it inside of ourselves, then we move forward trying to make up for it. And if we're trying to make up for something, it believes that we're unworthy. And we're trying to prove that we're worthy through trying to make up for it. Yeah. So we need to resolve that inside of ourselves and to retrieve that value and power that we lost through resolving that issue. Wow. Um, and I can see just, I can see the depth of it. So there's, there's, there's great depth to this and, and, and a lot of reason for people. What can be done? What is, how, how is it we go about resolving these kinds of issues that we have with our loved ones in spirit? Right, because when we don't feel good about ourselves, we don't make the best choices. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so the way that we would resolve it inside of ourselves would be meditatively. Mm -hmm. So to go into meditation, to invite that loved one into our meditation, Mm -hmm. and to talk about 
what was unresolved and to tell them whatever it is. You know, <clears throat> if it's a situation that um, an argument or something like that or, or some unfinished business that we never really dealt with, uh, we can talk to them about what happened, how it happened, the feelings around it to get it off of our chest. And then from there, we can sort through what those feelings are and the story that we told ourselves about that issue. And believe it or not, we can also hear the loved one's side in meditation. But I can attest to that, yes. Yeah, but in order to hear their side, we need to release the emotions because the emotions are like static. Mm-hmm. So if you think about now, I'm going to age myself, um, when I was little and there was uh, UHF, I believe it was channels 38 and 56 came about <laughs> and you had the dial and you're trying to dial in so that it's not snowy. Um, and then when you were trying to dial it in, you realize, oh, there's some other stations too, um, but I can barely see. And so our emotions are like static. They prevent us from seeing the situation clearly. I see. And so once we resolve our emotions, then we realize that our loved one had a side too. <laughs> right, right. That we can only see our side when we're taking something personally. Interesting. So it gives us this opportunity to step back and think about maybe their side of it. You know, maybe why they did or said the things that they said, where at first we might be overcome with how that made us feel. Right. Cool. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I think it would be difficult to talk about this subject without talking about uh, the fact that we can do this with our living loved ones as well. It's a very similar. And, and I've done that. I've done that, too, with you. So, you know, and, and one of the benefits to it, I just want to mention, and you can expand on this, is, is this idea of. You know, sometimes this is a more appropriate way to do it. So, you know, I know sometimes people, you know, get a little hot and they'll fire off an email to somebody and then maybe regret that later. Um, how could we do that more appropriately um, right. using this sort of meditation? It's, it's the same right. idea, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Well, the thing is that when we fire off an email, we're reacting to the situation and what we're not realizing is that as adults, as a rule, when emotions are triggered, about 10 or 20% are from the current situation, and the other 80 or 90% is old stuff that has just bubbled up to the surface due to the current trigger. Mm -hmm. And so that poor other person gets 100% of what we're feeling when really they, it only warranted about 10 or 20%. So through meditation, we can let it all hang out there. Yeah. 100%. And then we might realize, wow, I'm feeling way more than the situation should warrant rather than feeling justified shooting off that email. Yeah, yeah. And then we start to see other, other times where we felt that way will start to bubble up when we ask ourselves, geez, have I felt this way before? Oh, yeah, over here, over here, over there. And then we can release that emotion where it was created. You know, because our society has a tendency to believe that um, pretending that we're not bothered is being strong. Yeah. And we're just lying to ourselves and to other people when we're pretending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And, and people have different, you know, rituals for doing this. You know, the, the idea, they'll type out a letter or write out a letter and then burn it and all that sort of thing. Yes. Sort of the same idea. But what I found about this process of doing it through meditation, I'll let the audience know, I, I'm not a big meditator. You know, I'm, I'm not one. I don't sit around meditating all the time. So this doesn't come natural for me, but I've done it with you. I'm better at guided meditation. So while I say this is something everybody can do on their own, I'm the kind of person who prefers to have someone guide me through it. All right. Um, but what I found, because I've done the other things too, you know, the writing it down, burning it and all that. And one of the things I don't get is, is that second step that you talk about recognizing their side to it. You know what I mean? You sort of burn it and it's out there and whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I can't really remember whether that made me feel better or not, but uh, I'm sure it, it had its effect. Like setting an intention has its has its effect. Um, but what I love is that second part to it. And, and, and so, just tell us a little bit more. The second part being that now we take it beyond us, and we're actually able to get answers. How about those people who don't meditate like me? Um, how hard is it for them to sort of receive those answers in meditation to really understand what the other person is feeling is do you see that happen with pretty much everybody or there's some people who can't do it well i use the term meditation really loosely yeah it's a way to quiet our mind so that we can see the current situation with clarity yeah. i i picture it like our lives being like a stage and meditation helps us to view it from the balcony rather than being either the main character in it, or another way to look at it is to slow down and to review something that already happened frame by frame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the minute, it feels like it happens just like this. And then we need to revisit, geez, what just happened there? And meditation is a great way to do that. And even meditative writing, I recommend that for a lot of my clients. What would meditative writing be? Meditative writing would be, like you said, um, writing that person a letter that you have no intention of sending, letting it all hang out there. So the same format that I take a client through meditatively, um, they can do through meditative writing. Yeah. So to define it a little bit more, because it's a great point that you brought up about meditation. This is just, this is just you know, this, uh, it's, it's using your imagination. And, and I know you're going to take us through meditation, which is something we've never done on Afterlife TV, so I'm kind of excited about it. We'll yeah. see how that goes. Um, yeah. I, I think it's neat, and I think a lot of people are going to appreciate that. But just a little bit, the step-by-step. Step. I know that with me, you've always had me visualize going to a place that I feel very safe and comfortable. Um, for some reason, it's always been by the, a body of water, you know, or something like that, where it's very peaceful, the sun's shining down on me. But one of the second step is you always bring in my higher self. And I don't know why I always picture this guy with a gray hair and gray beard and all that. Um, uh, and maybe that I think of I think of older people as having wisdom. So that's prob probably it. Right. And and so and so my higher self is there. I'm there. You you put us in like this safe circle. Tell us a little bit more about how that works. Okay. So I I bring you to a place. Well, you choose the place actually where all the elements bring feelings of safety to you. Yep. So. The beauty of the place, it's not what other people think is beautiful, what's beautiful to you. Um, 
the the sounds that bring feelings of safety to you, the smells, the feel of the place, the warmth of your favorite temperature. So you're completely at home with yourself in this place. Yeah. And your higher self is the part of you that sees your life with clarity. We also have lesser selves. They're not less valuable, but they have lesser tools and they look at life through wounded eyes. Most people view their lives through the eyes of their wounded selves and mm. tell themselves a story about what's going on based on that wound. Mm. And so when we invite our higher self to come in, we ask our higher self, what do you see, basically, in essence? Yeah. Uh, which is the truth versus the wounded story. Yeah. And so our higher self, I believe, loves us unconditionally. It's a part of us. It can help us to see our life with clarity, but it honors our free will. So if we choose to look at life through our wounded eyes, our higher self will not interfere because that would be um, interfering with our ability to make a choice. Yeah. But the minute we ask, they're always there and we start to realize, geez, there might be another story. So. You, when you think of the higher self, does it matter? I, I, you know, some people might think of that as their, their, their whole self, their soul, their spirit guides. Like, um, I don't know. Is there a right or wrong way to think of this higher self? Well, I guess I don't really get caught up in the titles of them um, because our we all have our own unique relationship with spirit. Mm -hmm. Um. I know before I even knew the term higher self, I knew that I had this wise inner voice mm -hmm. that might say something to me that seemed, it didn't make any sense, but later it would make perfect sense. Yeah. Um, your, our intuition, yeah. you could yeah. say. So our higher self, I believe, is, is our, you know, that intuitive voice. It always has everyone's best interest at heart. So that's kind of how I can discern if it's a lesser self or my higher self. Is it God? I don't know. I don't really care. I just know that I have this wise inner voice that speaks to me and it always has everyone's best interest at heart. If the voice is saying that, you know, to do something, well, it might hurt this other person, but it's going to benefit me. That's not my higher self. Yeah. That's one of my lesser selves trying to justify a choice that it wants me to make. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I discern. Okay. All right. And I mean, do you, is when I'm visualizing my higher self there, I mean, right. is, am I actually bringing somebody in that might not normally be there? Or is this, are we sort of, do you think of it as someone who's always there, but it's me sort of becoming conscious of that, that higher self? Right. I believe that, that our higher self is always, always there. It's, but we're not connected to it. It's kind of like the internet these days. It's all, we're always, it's always there, always connected, but we might not be sitting at our computer, hmm. but we're always pretty close to a connection, right? Yeah. And so um, similarly with our higher self, it's always there, but we might forget to call on it, that we don't realize that it's available we can't logically figure out how it can help us with the situation, so we don't ask. But I find that when I ask, 
that's when the miracles happen. That's when things start to fall into a place where, in a way that I could not have wrapped my mind around. Had I not called on my higher self, it wouldn't have happened because I wouldn't have been open to it, not because it wasn't possible. Yeah, right. Uh, I know forgiveness, you know, is certainly a big unresolved issue for people. Um, I, some people feel like it's too late to forgive the person, we'll say, um, after they have passed. Uh, I'm assuming that's not true. Right, because I believe that forgiveness is a gift to the one who forgives. It's There's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And tell us about that. What is that? And so with forgiveness, it's about forgiving someone for the reasons why they did what they did. Some things people do are just unforgivable, mm. but the person is not. The mm. person is always forgivable. We can forgive them for their ignorance. We can forgive them for their arrogance. We can forgive them for their pain that came spilling over onto us. Mm. Because hurt people hurt people. No one who feels all great about themselves goes around hurting people. Right. And so we want to forgive them for their hurt that they didn't know what to do with. And what makes that easy? Because a lot of times that's very, very difficult to do. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> we feel like a victim and it is really hard to forgive someone, to have compassion for them when we're taking their behavior personally. Yeah. But one of the keys to being able to do that is to ask ourselves, to our higher self in particular, geez, how might I do my own version of what they did to me? How might my pain, when I don't know what to do with it, come spilling over onto those I love? Ah. And once we ask, the answer will be revealed to us. And sometimes when we first start meditating, the answer comes right in the meditation. It might come later while you're in the shower or while you're driving to work. Hmm. But the answer comes when you ask for it. Okay. And so it might be that you realize, oh, wow, you know, there have been times where I've been really short with someone I love, and that was my pain from work spilling over onto my my loved one when I came home for the evening. They may have done a little thing that just triggered us, that if we hadn't had a, ba a bad day at work, it wouldn't have bothered us at all. Yeah. And so we start to see our own emotional immaturity and how it plays itself out. And then we can choose to find a way to develop emotionally so we don't do that anymore. And that again, that's meditation, realizing that you know, only about maybe, in that case, maybe 5% was the person that triggered us, our loved one, when we got home from work. The other 95% could have been from work, and we just hurt that person because we didn't know what, how to deal with that other stuff. So if we can do it in meditation, we can release it all there and then resolve it and, and see, geez, what was that showing me about myself at work? And then maybe come back to work and, and have a conversation rather than blaming our boss or coworker for how we're feeling. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it might end up being a non-issue. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we, when we resolve something meditatively, it's not even worth bringing up in the end. It was mm. just stirring up a bunch of old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're you're beyond it. You're past it. Right. You're not feeling the pain that you were feeling before associated with it. Right. 
Uh, I'm seeing. It seems like there's a few steps here. I mean, um, there's. I don't know what the first step is. I can't define it with clarity. It's, it's something like the willingness to be able to look at the issue and maybe look at at the other person's side to it. Um, is that how you might define it? That that's sort of where you have to start. I, I look at everything as that we all we always get half credit for any encounter. So um, if if we're hurt by someone else, we get half credit for that. Okay. Why? Because, because if we didn't have a wound that was already there, we wouldn't have taken their behavior personally. Ah, okay. Okay, we would have acknowledged, oh, how interesting, that person must really be having a bad day rather <laughs> than, oh, my God, how rude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, how inappropriate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of the four agreements. Uh, it's, I think is it the first one? I don't know. It's I think it's the first agreement. Um, Don Miguel Ruiz, don't take it personally. I mean, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, right. but we do. And so when we do, that's a little red flag for us to say, oh, maybe this is something that I can heal. Maybe I'm partly responsible for this. Right. And What's so I guess the way I look at it a little differently is that. Um, and actually, I this this quote is in my book that real strength is born of humility. Yeah, having the courage to admit when I am bothered. Right, right. And knowing how to use my feelings to lighten my past, to illuminate my present, and to brighten my future. Mm, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So the first step is the willingness to want to see all sides to it and, and look at this with greater clarity than than you are. Because that's why you're feeling the pain. Right. And the second step would be... And seeing the person as a gift. That this encounter is a gift. Right. Yes. Exactly. So anytime right. we're feeling pain in life, especially emotional pain, that's an opportunity for us to grow, right? Right. And that's and the so, gift. Right. And we have a choice. We can choose to be less because of that experience or we can choose to be more because of it. Okay. All right. And it's not that we always have to ha have a counseling session with that person. We can use the, what we're right. talking about here. Exactly. Instead. So, the, But the second step then is when you go into meditation is to actually see, um, ask what, what their side of it is. Ask why they acted in the way that they did. Right. Is, is that right? And then the, the third step would be to ask, how have I done this to others myself? Right. Okay, I love that. That's beautiful. And, and when you get to that point, now you're relating with that person in a new way that you never, that you weren't able to do when you started. Exactly. See, when you started, you were in separation. They did this to me. They're wrong and bad. I'm the victim. When you come to that place of asking, geez, you know, what are they showing me about myself? You're coming to a place of oneness. Yeah. It's like, wow, I've done that too. Beautiful. Right, that's and that's beautiful. when we can forgive. You know, trying to forgive someone else before we've forgiven ourselves is like trying to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is, is there an issue like forgiveness that stands out above the rest? It, it tends to be very difficult for people to deal with uh, when we're talking about their loved ones in spirit after someone has passed. Or is forgiveness the number one? Um, well, 
I guess forgiveness again, because like I said, it it begins with us. Yeah. That we have to start with forgiving ourselves in order to have that resolution, and even um, connecting with spirit, um, our the spirit of our loved ones. When we haven't forgiven ourselves, we have this unfinished business between us. Mm-hmm. So it is hard for us to connect with them. Yeah, and so that would include. If we weren't able to get there before they passed, or we realized we weren't, we weren't much, we weren't part of their caregiving in their last months or years, right. um, or even in hindsight, we go, I guess I could have been a better father, mother, brother, sister, friend to that person. Um, it, it all, this all, sort of comes down to forgiving ourselves. Right, because in essence, we're saying we're not worthy of the love from that loved one when we say we didn't do a good enough job. Okay. I, I guess the other thing to realize is that we don't have to be there for everybody, hmm. but we can always desire for them to have all their needs met. So to me, that is always being there for someone without having to... Because it's not always possible to physically be there yeah, for someone. And then we feel like we should have been after they pass. Yeah. But if we can have our, our desires for them to have what it is that they need, even if it doesn't come from us, mm. that we feel like we've been supportive the whole time. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And we forget that. And that's when the higher selves come in as well. Yeah. Uh, you might have, you touched upon this already, but I, I want to I want to close in on it and, and just make sure that everybody understands. What would be the conflict resolution skills that uh, that we use in dealing with the living versus the deceased? Are they different and and or are they the same? How, what are, what's the difference between the two of them? Well, they are the same, and um, I guess the difference in the conflict resolution is that the feelings are a little different when say there's a breakup you know or we have a falling out with the friendship because that person is still walking around on the planet so it brings on up other feelings for us maybe feelings of rejection that we didn't experience with um with a loved one that that passes Mm. um but the other thing is that any loss that we experience will bring up any other unresolved loss. So back to that 10 or 20% from the current situation, the other 80 or 90 is old stuff that's coming up for closure if we choose with the current trigger. So another opportunity comes arises for all these other losses we've had in our lives that we hadn't dealt with yet. Right. Hmm. Exactly. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, so, so again, theme here. A little one of the many themes that are going through uh, this conversation is that all the conflicts or all the emotions that we're feeling in our relationships, whether that be with the living or the deceased, are opportunities are opportunities for us to look at them with greater clarity and maybe derive some lesson from that or closure even. Right, right. Or even in realizing that, you know, maybe when we experience the other loss that we didn't have the emotional maturity that we have now to properly grieve it, 
Uh, or there could have been a gift there that we missed. Yeah. Because I believe that when someone moves on, they always leave us with the gift. Mm. And so we're a current situation that triggers emotion will send us back into our past to get something that we forgot that we need now moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask a kind of a weird question. I don't know that you have an answer to this one. Uh, it's just popped into my head. You know how when, I'm just going to hypothetically, you know, there's a person who's really mean and nasty through their whole life, right? right, right. And then they die, and all these people who thought of them as mean and nasty and really, you know, did not want to be around them. All of a sudden, you know, oh, they're such a great person. Oh, I miss them so much. They're lovely, 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 lovely. Um, I don't know what that phenomenon is <laughs> that causes us to do that because it's, it's, we all do it. But it seems like that would make what we're talking about, this conflict resolution with anybody more difficult than with someone who's still living because of this concept that we all of a sudden we put them on this pedestal that maybe they don't even deserve. I don't know. Have you run into that with your clients where all of a sudden you recognize this sort of this idea that they're, you know, they can deal with people who are still living in one way, but then when it comes to someone who's passed, it's just so much more difficult. Right. Well, I, get, I think maybe some of it has to do with feeling shame over being so harsh, so critical of the other person when they were living. So um, they would have to deal with, with their, their own feelings, um, condemnation, you could say, towards the other person. Mm. Uh, there could be that. Um, there's oftentimes there's denial at first. So if they're kind of in denial of, of their feelings that, um, that they'll just be looking at kind of being a little fictitious with making up how great the person was. Um, I'm not sure what else that could be. Yeah. I'll have to think about that for a minute. Oh, you know, certainly, I mean, there's a little, uh, you know, a little bit of PC stuff going on there because nobody wants to speak ill of of right, right, right. <laughs> those who are deceased, right? So right. you know everybody's being extra kind, but but I love that idea that um, if we were judging someone in any way and now they've passed, it really brings it's it's really a slap in the face yeah. um, that all of a sudden we're looking at it in a new way. Maybe part of it too is you know they don't. This person doesn't have the opportunity to stick up for themselves anymore. At least you know, <laughs> not in the normal way. Um, right. Of course they do, but the epitome of talking about someone behind their back, right? Yes, that's right. When in reality, now they see it more than ever. Uh, so, anyways, all right. That was just an odd thought that came to me. Uh, you know. I also know that, and this is sort of similar to that to the last idea, is a lot of people regret not appreciating somebody until they've passed. Right. Um, so this is you know a little different, but I can see the similarities in it, and maybe this is part of it. Uh, and I do think it's a common issue too. So all of a sudden someone passed, we're just so busy, busy, busy in our lives, right? And then all of a sudden this person's gone. Maybe it was a sudden death, unexpected death, you know, and 
we never really got this opportunity to show them how much we appreciate them. Is that something that you've run into before? Oh, totally. And and the way I, I've seen it is that we don't realize how someone touches us until they're gone. Yeah. And so sometimes someone goes on vacation for a couple of weeks and it gives us an opportunity to appreciate them. But in our society, we seem to be so programmed that um, you have to stay in touch with people to prove that you're a good friend or a good spouse, that we don't give ourselves that space to really appreciate each other or even to look at what we don't like about our relationship so that we can come back and make it better. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I kind of blame Hallmark sometimes for that. (laughs) (laughs) Making us feel guilty for, you know, stepping away and and doing something something else and you know but i believe that that distance gives us an opportunity to express what we're grateful for about that other person yeah yeah and so um sometimes death is when we really experience that and that um and we don't realize how much we cherished that person until they're gone and and so meditation is a great way to acknowledge that and also too through the grieving process to me that's when we're coming out the other side Mm -hmm. of the grieving process is when we're noticing what it is that we love about that person because what we're grieving is what we miss about them which is showing us what we love so much about them yeah And that also, I believe that that is part of the gift that they're giving us in their passing is they're showing us where we need to love ourselves better or we could use to love ourselves better, let's just say, because we can take over where they left off. Interesting. So once again, you brought it, you brought it around to to us as well. So, and this is something that you do with all your clients then, um, I imagine is those sort of those three steps, you know, the willingness to, to, to get clarity on this issue, yeah. uh, seeing the other person's side to it, and then bringing it back to us and how we can learn and grow from that. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's very cool. Um, we, we talked about doing a meditation. And um, were you actually thinking of taking us through a meditation or just sort of the step-by-steps of what you were going to do? Well, I was going to take take you through a, an accelerated version of it maybe yeah. because I think showing is better than telling yeah. with meditation. Yeah, I agree. All right. Could we do it with this appreci- this idea of the appreciation Absolutely. topic that we were just doing? I'd love to do that because I feel like it doesn't get enough press, the yeah. appreciation part. We're focused more on the glass is half empty rather than half full. Yeah. And speaking of Hallmark, we could probably buy a Hallmark card and still write it out and send it to them. There's a, <laughs> we could start there, and then we can do this meditation. So um, I'm going to take notes in case I have any questions afterwards. Um, so uh, it's not that I'm not paying attention. If I I don't want to lo- appear rude, but I do want to. If I as I'm listening to you, if if I look like I'm writing people. I want you to know that uh, you know um, I'm just preparing for after after it. So why don't you take us through that? I'm li- I'm excited. This will be cool. Now I, I should say I, I think uh, my lawyer would probably tell me to say if you're driving or right. operating heavy machinery or babysitting a young child, <laughs> you should not do this right now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Turn this off and do it when there's a better time to do it. But otherwise, right. if you're in a nice quiet sp- space and you can do it, 
let's go through this together. Well, you know what I'd like to do if you're up for this, Bob, is I'd like to take you through the meditation. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, never mind. So I won't write anything down. Well, anyways, what I'd like to do is take you through the meditation and have you ask me the questions right while we're meditating because oh. that's exactly what I do with the client. Oh, oh, okay. I, they talk to me and I, I talk to them. I, encur I ask them questions sometimes. I encourage them to ask me questions if they're confused. So that's why I say I use the, the term meditation loosely. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, do I have to think of... I'm just, I'm just thinking of my dad. That's fine. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, lots of things I appreciate about him now that, you know, I wasn't able to do right. back then. Right, and also that you appreciate because you have released a lot of the emotion, emotional charge that you had. Yeah. See, that's the thing is that we can even appreciate them for showing us through their, say, spilling over of their emotions that they didn't know what to do with, that we learned the importance of developing our own emotional maturity. We can be grateful for that, even. Yeah, yeah, De definitely. Well, my father always said to me, uh, if, if, I've, if I've done anything right, it's served as a bad example for you. So <laughs> he, would, he would agree with that part. Perfect. So, you know, we can be more because of or even despite of other people yeah. it's our choice <laughs> that's right that's right hey you know just don't do what he did yeah i see he taught me <laughs> exactly all right let's do it all right so i'll i'll just guide you through and we can ask questions or i'll ask you questions so just to close your eyes okay so just taking some nice deep centering breaths And I'm going to let you do what you do to tell your body that you're preparing to meditate. Okay. And as you continue to relax, to close your mental eyes, it's like closing your physical eyes. Well, keeping your physical eyes closed, it's like closing your, your meditative eyes. Now I'm going to count down from seven to one. And on the count of one, to find yourself in a safe place in nature, some place that brings feelings of safety to you. So closing your mental eyes, I'm going to count down seven, going deeper with each descending number, six, five, feeling yourself letting go, however that feels to you, four, going deeper, three, two, and one, opening your mental eyes, finding yourself in your safe place. And just taking a minute to open all your senses up to this place, looking at the colors, the scenery, hearing the sounds of safety in this place, smelling the smells, and feeling the feelings of safety. Might be feeling the warmth of your favorite temperature or a gentle breeze caressing your face. And then inviting your higher self to be there with you. When I introduce a, a client to their higher selves, I talk about initially picturing them as a spark of light just outside of your safe place. And then inviting their higher self in, that spark starts to come towards them and it gets bigger and brighter as it does. And when it gets close, their higher self will step out of the light to greet them. 
And sometimes they just get as far as the light and that's fine. And greeting your higher self, letting your higher self greet you, thanking them for coming, and letting your higher self know that you would like to express some appreciation towards a loved one that has passed over. And you would like their help with that. And then you can find a part of your safe place where you can go to have this meeting. So picture yourself and your higher self walking around, asking your higher self to designate a spot that would be good to meet this loved one. And once you picture this, you're in that spot. And really be active in your meditation. Picture yourself looking at the scenery as you're walking to this place, being guided by your higher self. And then to invite the loved one into your safe place. Picturing them coming from the edge of safety towards you. And sometimes we might close our mental eyes and count to three. And when you open them, seeing the loved one coming towards you can also do it like that. Can you picture your dad there? Yes. Great. And then greeting your dad, thanking him for coming, letting him greet you. And just taking a minute to talk with him about your gratitude, your appreciation for the things that he did that were great, for the things that he did that weren't so great, and for how you've become all the more because of them. You know, everyone who touches us becomes a part of who we are today. It's our choice whether we choose to be more or to be less because of those touches. It is not up to the other person to make that decision. That's the good news. So really open your heart. Let yourself be touched by your dad being in your life. Receiving the gifts, the value, expressing the gratitude. Just breathing it in. Can you tell us how it feels, Bob? Oh, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's an amazing feeling. Um, you know, because I can feel his presence and... and um, and remember what's that what what that's like, and I can hear his voice, which is amazing. You know, uh. Uh, that something about voices. Um, uh, there's an energetic vibration to a voice that uh, that has its you know its own signature, and, exactly. and and when you hear it again, it just makes you all warm and fuzzy. Right. And the breathing it in thing, I think, is really important because. When you let yourself feel love, you feel a presence in your heart. And from there, you have a choice to brush it off or to breathe it in. And when you breathe it in, it just glows like an ember glows when you blow on it. It fills you and takes you to heavenly heights. Right. And that's what happens when we express gratitude and we really let people touch us. Yep. And then when you feel like the meeting is complete, because you usually know you either get antsy or distracted, 
you thank your dad for coming. And he will thank you for inviting him. And off he will go. And then you can thank your higher self for helping you to uh, create this meeting. And asking your higher self to do any healing that's ready to be done with you around this. So receive it even more. And again, breathing it in. And then I'm going to count from one to five, and on the count of five to open your eyes, feeling a little lighter, a little brighter, and a little wiser on the count of five. One, two, three, feeling yourself coming back into the room. Four, wiggling your fingers and your toes, bringing yourself back. And five, and open your eyes, take a nice deep breath in. Nice sharp exhale out. What I love about that is it's so easy. I've done it many times with you, um, so it's it was easy for me to jump right into that. Um, I think the the more I do it, the the easier it gets, and 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 the the more multi sensory it gets for me. Right. You know. So you know when my father and I embraced upon saying hello, you know I really felt like he was hugging me. Um, Wow, that's 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 just that's a gift that you you know mm-hmm. you can't put uh, you can't put words to you can't put price on and one of the things that um, I recognized in just doing that was you know I hadn't thought about it, but you mentioned it while I was there was you know even to share some of the things that that one might have thought of as negative but that became gifts for me right. And not only did I own that, but he was able to own that in a very positive light. And I, I, I felt his already bright light lighten up even more. Wow. Probably at the, you know, recognizing that I recognized it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm sure he, where he's at, he did. But, but again, so much about what your work is all about is this idea of being able to... Um, see even the negative things certainly the positive ones as we're talking about here the appreciation you know for him he lights up with the appreciation to but but even to the appreciation of the negative stuff and because those things are gifts and opportunities for us to learn and grow and i certainly you know you know one of the things i thanked him for was all the work that he's done with me since his passing so you know i have had that opportunity you know i i've tested mediums for 14 years now and uh, he sh- he's shown up at every reading. Uh, I don't even. I mean, what a commitment that is, you know. Right. Can I just share one thing too about that? Yeah. What you said about um, sharing what you learned with him. Please. Okay. So, for example, if you share that, wow, I really learned the importance of developing emotionally so that my hurt doesn't spill over onto other people. It would be like a like an aha moment for him. Oh my God, that's what was happening for me. Uh-huh. I, I hated how I would make other people feel. I would feel awful about it afterwards, but I couldn't understand what I was doing. Yeah. Do you see? So when you share what you learn, it, it's it's like the dominoes, you know, topple one way, and when you learn from it, they start to go the other way. So the 
when it goes this way, spreading suffering, when you learn from it, you spread healing in the other direction. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe anyways. You no, know, it's beautiful because I uh, I did an interview, uh, whatever, a couple interviews ago with a medium, Mavis Patilla. We talked about the reasons why our loved ones in spirit want to communicate with us. This is one of them. You know, they're working out through their own life review and their own contemplation of their previous life all the things that they can learn and grow from in an eternal way, you know. And and so for us to be able to help them with that while also helping ourselves to feel better about that relationship. and I mean, appreciation is such a gift to ourselves, to appreciate anything in our lives. That's what gratitude is all about. We could do a whole thing on gratitude. Um, but to recognize how this is also helping our loved ones in spirit, uh, Wow, I mean that's just that's incredible. It it it, it adds it sort of uh, exponentially the the power of doing this kind of work. Exactly right. Yeah. It's a crowded room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is that with meditation, it's it's stepping out of our lives kind of to practice, and then before you know it, a lot of the stuff you start doing in the moment with people, which is the coolest thing ever. Right. Skipping the steps of, of 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 stumbling, right? Yeah, and then having to pick yourself up. You you stop it along the way, right? So before you know it, in the moment you realize, oh, how interesting! I'm taking this person's behavior personally. What might they be showing me about myself? Yeah, you know, or or when we feel love, we realize I want to I want to really let this touch me. I don't want to brush it off cuz it's so easy for us to take something bad that happens and just wear it for the rest of the day. Yeah. And to just brush off the love rather than why don't we wear the love for the rest of the day? Yeah. Well, that's so true. And and one of the things that he taught me and I told him in this meditation was, you know, he he just had a huge heart, huge open heart, and he let everybody know that he loved them. And I've carried that forth, you know, in his memory, having learned that from him. You know, uh, I saw that as something that even as a child that I wanted to emulate. Mm -hmm. and, and I think you can attest to it. I tell you how much I appreciate you all the time. Yes. And, 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 and not everybody does that, but it's, it's one of the gifts that he's given me. But in doing this exercise, I can see that people who might not do that normally, you're now expressing, expressing appreciation to our loved ones in spirit. Now you might start doing that to the people who are still here on a regular basis because you recognize how much it makes you feel great and how, how it makes them feel great. Exactly. And if it's done authentically, everybody wins. Yeah. I love that. Any last words of wisdom in, in this way? I know we, we, I think we could talk and talk and talk about it, but we are running out of time. Final words that you want to mention about this? Well, I guess on the, on the note of uh, gratitude and appreciation, yeah. when we can bring forth what we love about someone, mm. it inspires them to be their best selves. And just like you, we had talked about at the beginning, when we feel regret, and we're feeling bad about ourselves that we didn't do a good enough job in that relationship. It brings out the worst in us. Yeah. So it's it's important for us to look at what we you know what is beautiful about ourselves and with other people, not to ignore the other stuff, but to look at the other stuff as areas that could use a little improvement and seeking that improvement rather than beating ourselves down. 
Yeah, yeah. And realizing that everybody's giving life their best shot. Right, right. You right. know, and sometimes we have better days than others, and we can always be more to every encounter. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, I'll just share this one little thing. You know, every morning I walk my dog, and I have a little mala, uh, which those who don't know is just like yeah. a, a hunch, something, you know, a little string that has 108 beads on it. And, and sometimes, and this is the favorite thing that I do, I, I set intentions with that because it's for 10 or 15 minutes, I'm actually telling the universe what I want in my life the way. But so often I just, I, I go through each bead and I talk about what I'm grateful for in my life. And I say, thank you for the blessings. And I'll think of a certain blessing in my life. And, and, and I'm kind of going through that experience 108 times. It, it might be, I might have five things for one person and move on to the next person. Um, the things that I appreciate, not only in my life, but in other people. And uh, by the time I get through doing this, like what I said, you know, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, it, it doesn't take much time. But I, I feel so much better. What a great way to start my day. And, and it's, it's, it's a little meditation in itself um, where you can rapidly, rapidly go through a bunch of people who are still living or, or people who have passed. Um, so anyways, I thought I'd share that with people. What I do want to talk about, now this is, I, I want to talk about your book. because now, now your book is not specifically about this subject. Your book is about all the work that you do. They've now got a sense of who you are and what you're all about. And so I highly recommend this book. Uh, it's called Why Me, Why Now, Why Not? A little play on your, your name there, which I love. But how many of us ask that question, why me, why now? Um, and then to answer, you know, well, why not? Why not now? You know, uh, why not you? And I think people, having watched this interview, will already get a sense of, of the answers to that. Talking about the opportunities that come up, the gifts in the negative things as well as the positive things in life. Um, and those three stages that we talked about, about to trying to, you know, the willingness to see clarity and, you know, asking for it so you see the other person's side and then turning it around and bringing it back to yourself and how you can learn and grow from it. Um, love that. This book is filled with, how many chapters are there? Filled with... Oh, I, 12 chapters, 12, she doesn't, know. she doesn't even know, 12 chapters, amazing lessons. You talk about all sorts of things that happen to us in life that are so important. Um, and, and you do exactly that in each one. You turn it around so that we learn something about ourselves, not just how to resolve an issue that we have with another person, but then how we can learn and grow from that and become a better people uh, overall and, and live a happier, more joyful, healthier life. Anyways, I can't recommend it enough. Again, I'll show it to people. Why me? Why now? Why not? Uh, there'll be links to it below this video. Not just about this subject we're talking today, but certainly something that if anybody's interested in spiritual growth, which I know all of our audience is interested in um, learning about, that's what it's about. Um, your website is trishwhynot.com, correct? Right. Trishwhynot.com. That's really your last name, right? Why not? It really is. <laughs> I married it. You married into it. All right. That's good. Um, and then, uh, and people can find out more about your work there. And you can help people with their grief. You can help people with issues that they're dealing with. You can help people 
finds the root of the problems, right. physical, social, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is that they want to deal with. Thank you so much for, for doing this today. I really appreciate it. I know our audience is going to gain uh, an enormous amount from it. Thanks so much for having me, Bob. It was a blast. All right. Bye now. Bye.